0: I made it. And my zipper's up. I made it. In my. Zipper. Glad you're here. Uh, my name's Steve, if we haven't met, and uh, greetings to those online, too, as well as out in the tent. Today's this kind of a special day. It's a little bit of a, a different kind of a day. Every once in a while, in the community of, of God's people, we need to kind of step away from the normal way that we would do um, this time that I would share with you and and talk about family matters. And I've I've thought about this morning for a long time. You know, there's a couple of different ways to think about family, Um, or at least to think about people, the people that you work with, the people that you know, the friends that you have. One is to kind of adapt a little bit of an expiration date, like a carton of milk and the milk's good until this date and then you shouldn't drink it. But I never pay attention to expiration dates, I trust my nose. And so uh, I smell even if the date's good. But we can do that and we we can tend to try to, as people come and go in our lives, they they were here for a time and now they're gone for a time. and that's one way to approach things. But around here, we speak about being family. And when you're family, you transition. You, you don't just push people away because a time has passed. I mean, no p- good parent does this. If you think about what you would do as a parent, if you, you would treat your toddler completely different than you would your teen. And rightfully so, if you tried to teach t- treat your teen like a toddler, um, it would not go well for you or the teen. I mean, at some time, you you raise your children to do different things. And so when you take that kind of a long-term view towards um, family, it's a natural thing, although maybe more rare than it should be, it's a natural thing that you transition in your roles and in the way that it goes. And so it is with me. And the dream was always that this church would go beyond me that it would outlive me. And um, so I want to talk to you a little bit about that. I've spent most of my adult life believing that retirement or transitions was not in the Bible. That I can, I, I can hear preachers that have said that, and I took their word for it and said, yeah, I, I guess it's not in there, and so I, that's not part of the plan. But can I share with you this morning a passage in Numbers chapter 8. Let me read it to you. It says, The Lord also instructed Moses, and this is the rule the Levites must follow. They must begin serving at the tabernacle at the age of 25, and they must retire at the age of 50. After retirement, they may assist their fellow Levites by serving as guards at the tabernacle but they may not officiate in that service. This is how you must assign the duties of the Levites. And in fact, here in this passage in Numbers 8, you start at age 25, but earlier in Numbers 4, they said you don't start until 30, but then later on in Chronicles, David starts them at 20. So there's different ages here, and and I will tell you here right away, if you're a scholar of the scriptures, which I hope all of you are, you would say, well, we're not under the Levitical law. And of course, we are not. Christ has set us free from the requirements of the Levitical law. But I think that there are some principles in here as we look at some of the key words. So let me kind of take you through three key words that are in this passage. First one is retire. It's actually a compound word um, that is "lo avad. Lo means no or the absence of, and avad is labor. Means no work, no labor, no toil. The word for guard is a very interesting word. It's a very difficult word for translators of the scriptures to kind of figure out what to do, so they they can't really figure out what to do with this. It's the word for guard, and it's 74 times it's in the Old Testament, and it's translated 50 different ways. But it essentially means, as I've tried to study back into this, to position as a guard to serve or to keep. This is the best definition I found. Keeping the observance to guard over or to watch over what is held in trust. That there's this idea that whatever it is that the Levitical priests were supposed to do from 20-ish, 25-ish to 50-ish, after 50, they don't just go away. They take on a new responsibility. They watch over things. They guard that which has been trusted And then the final word is this word assist. It says they can assist as a guard. Here's the amazing thing. The word for assist is almost always translated serve. So in an ideal situation, if we're trying to draw some principles out of Numbers 8, knowing that there's no requirement that that I was supposed to leave at 50, or that I couldn't start until I was 25. That, that is not what I'm trying to say here. But what I'm trying to say is there might be a principle that as you age, there's still a role. And in fact, what this does is, the way that this ends up being translated and the way the principles, it gives dignity to the aged. Instead of taking a... Um, uh, you know, some kind of a a deal where we're just say, ah, you know, the expiration date's kind of come and gone on you, Clifford. You're, You're 65, see ya. And maybe there's a role, a different kind of role, and the scriptures would encourage that and give dignity to the aged that we might guard and might assist, might keep the younger generation from making the same mistakes that we made. And so in 19, I'm sorry, in 2016, and in 2016, when I turned 60, the conversation about succession began in earnest with the elders and I. We began to read books on succession. We began to talk with pastors who went through this, this process and seemed to go through it well. We talked to churches that didn't go through it well. Dana and I actually joined a cohort and went and spent some time out of, out of town with a group of six or eight pastors who were in this season of life, trying to gain what, any understanding, any better understanding that we could. And then, just kind of on the down low, discussions began with Jay Kim in 2018. He had been a part of our staff. We knew and loved Jay. He'd gone to serve at another church. And I approached him in 2018 about coming back and becoming the next lead pastor of Westgate Church. In 2020, he agreed. And he came on staff. And if you were paying attention... You've noticed that he's taken more and more of the leadership and the teaching role here as I've stepped back and taken less and less. What that was for is we entered into a contract agreement written down in writing that, Jay, we're going to evaluate you for 12 months. How'd you like that to get a job? Every time you preach, every time you speak, every meeting you lead, we're watching you. August 10th, this past August 10th in 2021, the elders unanimously and wholeheartedly voted to recommend to you that Jay Kim will become our next lead pastor. Now, we didn't go on a national search. Some of you might wonder, why wouldn't you go and hire a firm? Well, the first reason is I'm cheap. (laughs) I don't like to spend money that way. But the second reason is this. We judged a man, and we felt like he had the character to lead us. That his walk with Jesus was authentic. That he and Jenny are the real deal. That we could stand in front of you and say, follow Christ like him and his wife. And we've watched that character over a long period of time. We also believed that there was a cultural fit. As Jay and I began to have meetings in 2018, I can't tell you how many meetings there were, probably a hundred. In those meetings, we would sometimes come in and either he would bring a topic or I would bring a topic and, and we would fear this is probably gonna kill the deal. This is probably the deal breaker. And instead, every time when I would say, you know, it's kind of got to be like this, or he would say, you know, I kind of need this, each time, instead of driving us apart, it, it brought us even closer and closer together. It is what I count a supernatural miracle the way my heart and his has been knit together. And I knew with confidence that the call and the and the calling on our community in this city could be further advanced by Jay. Not only does he have the character to lead us and he has the the cultural fit, but he also has a competency standing here in front of you that is beyond mine. I hold his gift in the highest regard. He is the finest young teacher of the scriptures that I know when he sits down to think through something and then expresses it, I am constantly humbled and taught and challenged by the way that he understands and brings the scriptures to bear on you. Now, I'm okay if you want somebody that'll yell at you for a little bit, but he's a great change in terms of the competency and the communication skill that he has. We didn't go national because we didn't think we could do better. We felt like we had the exact fit. And this has been affirmed to your elders, which I serve on, it has been affirmed to us over and over again. We've been building towards this day for quite some time, since August 10th, when the decision was affirmed by a unanimous vote. We've communicated with your staff, with the staff here. We've met with um, leadership and made sure that they knew. And now we're communicating to you here in person. They're watching video for this communication at, at South Hills and at Casa Fe. Fay. You're watching online. We're capturing this so people that missed this morning can get it later. There's one more step. Because of the governance of Westgate Church, It requires a vote to bring in a new lead pastor, a new senior pastor. And so the elders in, I think, a stroke of brilliance have set that date as January 9th, 2022. It gives plenty of time for anyone who has concerns or questions to make sure that they get addressed. It gives plenty of time for us to pray through this process and be sure And then it gives us plenty of time to get unified and get behind this man and his leadership of us as a community. Now, just as in Numbers 8, I'm not leaving. We think there's a better way than me just going with Dana and buying a place in Florida and trying to play golf every day. (laughs) Nothing wrong with Florida. Tom Randall, love you, buddy. But that I could stay, and so I will stay. In fact, for most of you, it'll look exactly the same for, through 2022 at least. As I stay full-time for the next year, Jay has agreed he wants me to stay, at least for Now. And we've agreed that part of my job moving forward will not be making decisions and leading those decisions in staff meetings, but that I will meet and coach and I'll try to make sure that he doesn't, you know, do something dumb. I can't promise it. Because sometimes some of the dumbest things we think of are some of the best things we've ever done. And so we'll come along beside him there Dana and I have also, um, Dana will also stay on staff and she'll continue to be the, the campus pastor here for some months, but we are ready to do less. So we will cut back our hours, even though I'll remain full-time, probably to about 30 or 32 hours and begin to take some of the other time that I have and invest in, co- in pastors, especially pastors of small churches in this city and around this county. God has given me some favor there and a great desire to try to help churches. And so Dana and I intend to give some of our efforts over the next several years to invest in their families and in their churches and in their leadership that they might flourish and do better than they're doing to provide the resources that'll allow them to do like I've had here with you. To talk a little bit more about that, I'm going to ask Dana to come on up and um, let you hear from her um, how the process is going, um, what she's thinking and feeling, and how it's going to look. Hi, hon.
1: Hi. I was kind of thinking I would sit back here, so maybe just can you move that stand off to the side? And I'd rather sit and have a conversation with you. Thank you. Oh, his notes. I don't know. Um, so yeah, you know what, this has been a journey for us over many years and we've had multiples and multiples of conversations about it. And I'm so thankful to be able to engage you in those conversations now. It's really been hard for us to, to not be able to talk to you about it because you are our family. And as Steve mentioned that there are transitions in families and that's what we really think of this as because um, we've had the blessing to be young marrieds and then parents and then grandparents. And each season is different and looks different. And so now we're thinking along the lines that we get to be the grandparents of um, Westgate Church and the staff and those that are here and we still uh, will be around for a while be able to serve alongside of you as steve mentioned i'm going to stay on as the saratoga campus pastor for a few months because jay asked me if i would as he begins to see what it looks like to transition into his position and i was more than blessed to be able to do that Um, but as grandparents, you get to have a little bit more of the fun and not have to take care of all of the responsibility. And we're looking forward to that season too. And a season of really, as Steve mentioned, um, coming alongside other pastors and their families to be able to support them so they can do the work of the ministry here in the Bay Area, which is so important. And so we were very, very blessed to do that. Jay and I have worked very closely together. When he was here previously, I was his supervisor. So... I guess I did a pretty good job with that. <laughs> and then coming back here at the Saratoga campus, and I just have to tell you along with what Steve said, um, it's such a blessing. And his heart is, is um, so for the Lord and then what's the best and how to honor me and to honor Steve and honor you with choices and decisions. It's just one of those things that it's such a blessing for us to be able to partner with him. And um, he has one of those uh, voices that when he speaks, and I don't mean his actual voice, but what the words that he says, even when we, from his first time here, as he would talk in a meeting or so, people just listen because he has a wisdom behind his words. And they're much at the same age as we were when we first came here, but their kids are a lot smaller. I mean, ours were in high school and theirs are still just starting school. So uh, a different season in life for their family. And I just want you to know too, with Jenny, you may not know her very well yet, but her heart is for her family and for Jay and for the Lord and for young families too. And I know that just as you have allowed me to do what I wanted to do and the gifting that I have, that you will allow her to do that in the way that she's gifted. She may not ever want to be up on stage. And that's okay because God has brought them together here as a couple to do it the way that they would do, not the way that Steve and I would do. And so I know that as a part of the family, as you have supported me and actually allowed me to do things I never thought I would do, that you'll do the same for her and their family. And we can stand up here and talk about it because we've been thinking and talking about it for many years. But um, there's a loss for all of us still, because there will be change. And we don't want to say it, it's not hard. It is hard for change to happen. Steve, how do you, how do you phrase it? The the change is not what people hate. Yeah, hate. people
0: don't really hate change. What they really hate is loss. And this is, this is a loss for us. Um, but... In each transition that we've been in in the past, there was a, a sense of loss, but there's also an, a sense of excitement about what's next. And um, by His grace, our health is still good. We still, um, even though I know you young folks think we're ancient, um, we're, we still have a lot of energy and we think we've got, we've still got a lot to bring um, for the cause of Christ and for this community too. And so we're, we're glad to do that.
1: We are excited for that, but but we don't want to also say because we've been processing. It doesn't take. It takes time for you to process and for you to think about what that uh, looks like for you. And some of you are like, "Yeah, why haven't you done this earlier?" And others are <laughs> like, "So." Uh, but we are very excited and thankful for the opportunity. I mean,
0: I would I would just say this was. We didn't know this when we started. You know, when we started, we just hoped you didn't fire us. I mean, we just tried to stay involved and, and not really goof the whole thing up. But for the last 10 years or so, we've really prayed that um, this was the goal. The goal was always that this community would outlive, that the dream and the vision that God has for us is always bigger than me. It's bigger than us. It was always gonna be, it was, there was always gonna come a time unless I got sick and died or got hit by a beer truck crossing the street. I mean, there's always going to come a time when I transferred leadership to someone. And um, man, by God's grace, I just can't tell you how, how high regard I, have, I hold your elders. They have just led generously and encouraging for us, as well as very wisely with Jay and Jenny. So... Um, Wanna, Jay, why don't you come on up, and uh, we'll give you a chance to, to share some as well. <laughs>
1: Woo, yes, absolutely. Um, hey, you.
2: Um, hey, you know, I, I just want to share a few thoughts. Um, just like a, am I okay on... Um, I just want to share a few thoughts. Before I do, uh, they're really not going to like this, but can we just all collectively, and even if you're watching online, say thank you. Um, And we'll do this continuously, but thank you. Thank you. 90% 90% of that was because, you know, honoring our leaders is so important. 10% is, I just enjoy watching them uncomfortable, so <laughs> thank you. For, uh, thank you for that. Um, just a few thoughts. I, uh, I grew up here. Um, this place has always been home, and when I say this place, I, I don't just mean the Bay Area or the Silicon Valley. I mean, like, literally right here. Um, For six years of my life, uh, between 4th grade and 10th grade, my mom owned a little small business right here next to La Cueva, which at the time was a fish and chips restaurant. That was actually really good, but not as good as La Cueva, so thank you, Lord. (laughs) And during those formative years, I spent most afternoons dribbling a basketball on what is our church parking lot. And I would dribble the basketball alone with my imagination and my dreams, and I would pretend I was Michael Jordan. uh, Because if you're going to dream, dream big, right? (laughs) This is a place, This, literally this place, this is a place where as a kid I ran free with my imagination and my dreams. The fact is this place is still home. It's still that place for me all these years years later. Mm. Um, Our family, Jenny and I, our family, we live seven minutes from here. Our children were born just up the road on Lawrence Expressway. In a hospital, not on Lawrence (laughs) Express. You're all wondering about our healthcare coverage here at (laughs) Westgate. This place is still home, and it's still the place where my, my imagination runs free. And I'm compelled to dream dreams. And you, Westgate Church, are in many ways the embodiment of the dreams that I've held very dear Uh, near and dear to my heart and my mind um, since my early 20s when I first began serving in local churches as a pastor. It's the way you love God and one another and our neighbors. It's the way you sacrifice and the way you serve. The way you show up when it'd be easier to stay back. The way you charge ahead when it'd be easier to sit it out. It's the way you lean into the impossible Time and again, believing with confidence and with courage that with God, all things are possible. over the past 20 years, this church um, has seen God show up in big and small ways. Thousands of lives changed by the good news of Jesus. Millions of dollars given away to both local efforts and the farthest edges of our planet. Food and hungry for the poor. Healing and wholeness for the broken. Love and embrace for the lonely. The gospel preached. And Christ lifted high. You are not a perfect church, just as I am not a perfect person, but you are the sort of church that I and Jenny and I have always dreamt of being a part of, this ragtag group of broken people striving toward Christ-likeness together, one day and one decision at a time. And my family is humbled and beyond grateful to be a part of this family, and this church has quickly become truly Family. My kids play with your kids. And Jenny, on Thursday night, was out at Santana Row with her girlfriends from our life group till 10 p.m., which that is a wild night for us, you guys, <laughs> 10 p.m. And then Friday morning, I had brunch with the guys from our life group, and that's a wild morning for me, brunch. You know, <laughs> this is family for me. In 2003, I was a student at what was, at the time, San Jose Christian College. It's Jessup University now. And Um, As a Bible major, I was required to go to chapels a couple of times a week. And during one of these chapels, the guest speaker was this bald man with a loud voice and a Texas twang. (laughs) And he talked about Jesus and the mission of God and our calling as Christians to give our lives to Jesus and to that mission. And I was captivated. And I was just chock full of so many questions. Like, who is this guy? And how can I tap into the passion he has for Christ and the church and why Oh, God, why does he love the Dallas Cowboys? (laughs) Um, Now, almost 20 years later, I know the answer to most of those questions. (laughs) Most of those questions. (laughs) Steve's the best leader I know. It's probably true for most of you. He's determined but compassionate. Strong but tempered. He is insanely gifted but even more humble. Most of all, Steve loves Jesus in ways that very few people do. I don't have words to express how fortunate and blessed I am to call him a dear friend and a mentor, Um, but beyond that, you all need to know you're feeling grief and loss right now because he's your pastor, and here's the thing you need to know. More than just a friend or a mentor or the best leader I know, Steve is my pastor, For the last 10 years, he has pastored me. And I'm a more faithful follower of Jesus, and a better husband, and a better um, father, and I think, I hope, a better man because Steve Clifford is my pastor. But here's the thing Steve's actually not even the best part of the Cliffords. (laughs) That's what's incredible. Especially in these past couple of years, Dana has become a lifeline for me in ways that you all cannot possibly see. Because you're not here Monday to Thursday, Saturday nights, all of those things, um, the day-to-day. But um, Dana knows. She's become a lifeline for me. A sounding board and a listening ear who continues to bring calm to the chaos of my thoughts and steadiness to the wildness of my emotions. This happens Every Thursday, you guys. (laughs) Steve, Dana, um, thank you. I owe everything to Christ, but but I owe so very much to the two of you. And this is true of our entire church community. And I'm grateful and thrilled to know that you're going to continue to be a part of this community in active participatory ways. That we will continue to benefit from your passion for Jesus, your love for this church and your leadership, and your guidance. Nehemiah 8.10 says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Some of you have that on coffee mugs probably at home. And serving, and serving alongside all of you uh, here at Westgate has been, and I pray, will continue to be one of the great joys of my life. This joy is not a man-made, artificial, manufactured set, of emotions, It is a deep, abiding, collective trust in the goodness of God flowing in and through not one person but the life of our entire community. As Eugene Peterson reminds us, joy is what God gives, not what we work up. So when the verse tells us that the joy of the Lord is your strength, that word your in the Clifford's native tongue, Texan, is the word y'all. The scripture is telling us that the joy of the Lord is y'all's strength. And as we live and lean into this joy of the Lord together, even in the midst of our brokenness, fragility, strife, anxiety, division, and fear, I believe we will discover this joy of the Lord becoming our strength. Listen, I and you, we don't know what the future holds, but whatever tomorrow or the next month or the next year or the next decade may bring, what I know is that the joy of the Lord is our strength. We can rest assured in this unchanging truth. In John 17, right before he's arrested and crucified, Jesus prays for all of us, his followers, that they may have the full measure of his joy within them. And in light of that prayer, the author of Hebrews in chapter 12 encourages us. He says, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you and I, we will not grow weary and lose heart. Whatever the future brings, Christ goes before us, and he goes before us in joy. And as we follow him, his joy becomes our collective strength. And together, as his joy becomes our strength, we will discover brokenness, giving way to wholeness, fragility, giving way to resilience, strife, giving way to peace, anxiety, giving way to courage, division, giving way to unity, and fear, giving way to love. We love and we honor and will continue to love and honor Steve and Dana. But they will be the first ones to tell you Westgate Church has never been about them. And it will never be about me or you or any single individual person. Westgate Church has always been and will always be about Christ our King leading us into brighter days ahead transforming us into his likeness, and forming in all of us together a deeper love for God and for one another and for our neighbors. This church is not about any individual that has been here or will be here in the years to come. This church is about fathers and sons giving their lives to Christ together. It's about young men and old men Young women and young, old women, everyone in between, every life stage, no matter your background, no matter your story, it is about the spirit of God changing lives. And you and I together saying yes to the simple but profound invitation to join him in that work. That's what this church has always been about, and it is what this church will always be about. Um, Jenny and I are humbled and honored to be a small part of that big story alongside you today, and I pray, God willing, in the many days to come. Thank you.
0: So here's what I'm asking of you I'm asking you to extend the same love and grace and kindness that you have given to Dana and I and my family, to Jay and Jenny and his. For sure, if you have questions, take between now and January 9th and get those addressed. We've, we've deliberately delayed the vote, not because we don't think it's the right vote, but that's so that we can move as one. Get your questions answered, get your concerns addressed. And then by God's grace, we'll move forward. It's as simple as this, really. In the New Testament, in the book of Acts, we hear this dynamic duo coming out of this church in Antioch. It's Barnabas and Paul, Barnabas and Paul. Everywhere they go, brand new churches start. Barnabas and Paul, Barnabas and Paul. And then suddenly, with no fanfare at all and no explanation. It's Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Barnabas. Lately, it's been Stephen, Dana and Jay. Now, it's not, of course, Mark and Lisa and all the other staff. But the primary teachers have been Steve and Jay, Steve and Jay, Steve and Jay. What it's going to look like now is Jay and Steve, Jay and Steve, Jay and Steve. With all of my heart, I believe it's the right thing. With all of my heart. Let me pray for us. God, you love this church more than we ever could, and you certainly love the people of this city more than we do. And my sense, my Confidence is that you are in all that we have spoke of and that we are planning. We submit it to your good hands. We submit it to your great love. And we anticipate, as Jay spoke, I, I almost wanted to just jump up in the air. As you continue to transform us from the petty things that hold us back in most of our weeks. You transform us into this community of people where your will is accomplished more fully, more joyfully, and quicker than ever before. We don't really do this well, God. And so we need your help. I pray that you will make us stronger January 10th than we've ever been. More unified, more committed to Christ, more in love with our neighbors, more connected to our community. And that in that, you would get great glory. May it be so in Jesus' name.